Hi everyone, this is your video and podcast director, Marina McTee, and today we have a podcast for you from staff reporter Grace French. Grace talks with Westminster's new Title IX coordinator about recent changes and more in this episode of Office Hours. Hi everyone, my name is Grace French and I'm a reporter for the Forum. This is Westminster Office Hours. Fall 2020 has presented many changes for the Westminster community, and one of those being Title IX regulations. In November 2018, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos announced that she was planning on restructuring Title IX. After a public commenting period, the new regulations went into effect on May 6, 2020. Today I'm joined with Mary Royal, the Title IX Coordinator and the Director of Equal Opportunity here at Westminster. So Mary, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at Westminster? Sure, so my name's Mary Royal. I just started here actually at the beginning of August. Um, Like you said, I'm the new Title IX Coordinator, Director of Equal Opportunity. I grew up here in Utah. I received my Bachelor of Arts in History from the University of Utah and then moved to Boston for a few years. I wanted an out-of-state experience and then came back and went to law school at the SJ Quinney College of Law where I received my Juris Doctorate. Um, Prior to coming to Westminster, I've worked at the District Attorney's Office in the Major Crimes Unit, the Attorney General's Office in the Child and Family Protection Division, and also at the West Valley Prosecutor's Office, where I did bench trials and jury trials. Um, So I'm excited to work with the student community and the faculty and staff here at Westminster and be able to help them with any Title IX issues or equal opportunity issues that they encounter. Yeah, well, thank you. Welcome to Westminster. It's good to have you. Thanks. How will these new um, Title IX regulations put in effect by Betsy DeVos affect Westminster? That's a good question. So there have been a lot of changes to the regulations. I think the biggest change that's taking place is that students and faculty and staff who encounter Title IX issues now have the option to either do an informal resolution process or go through a formal grievance process. And those are two very different things. So the informal resolution process is flexible. It's tailored to specific instances that somebody encounters. And often it's mediation, so it's mediated. So it's it's solved outside of the live hearing process. Mm-hmm. The formal grievance process has been very strictly outlined in the regulations, and that is students get an advisor there's a hearing officer that's assigned to the case. Um, There are live hearings that occur with cross-examinations where the advisors actually cross-examine both sides and then a determination is made and then the parties have the opportunity to appeal afterwards. That's a big change. The other thing is that issues that don't fall within Title IX, Westminster has, we want to make sure that students have a resource for those still. And so we are now working with the Dean of Students Office, the Conduct Office, and the Student Wellness Office so that even if a student faculty staff member comes to my office with an issue that they think is Title IX, if it falls outside of Title IX, they still have a resource that we can turn them to. I'm sure everyone, every incoming freshman at Westminster remembers doing Title IX training. Does that look any different this year as opposed to years previous? So this year, the biggest difference was that it was virtual because we are living in the time of Corona right now. Mm -hmm. So everything was virtual. Kat Thomas, who has been the Title IX coordinator, conducted that. I was also present for that. I was able to answer some student questions about the difference between domestic violence and dating violence. Um, 
But that was honestly the biggest difference. And, you know, Cat really did a good job of trying to weave in some of the new regulations. Um, but it was mostly the same. The undertone was basically, you know, let's be good to one another. Let's be good citizens of this campus and of the of the city and everything as a whole. So, you know, reporting, making sure students know where to report things to, um, what Title IX is, where the office is, who their resources are. These were all things that Kat went over really well. So overall, the Title IX training for this year was pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. I think moving forward, we're probably going to want next year, we're probably going to want to make sure that students know all about the live hearing process, because that can be daunting for somebody who's <laughs> never been in a courtroom before, never you know, had a hearing officer doing cases, that's something that they're going to have to get used to. And so knowing what that is and knowing what your rights are in that process, I think is extremely important. So what resources are available to Westminster survivors? Okay, so all the same resources that students have had before are still in place. So students can go to health services, they can go to counseling services. Um, we will have a victim advocate again. So we're currently hiring for the victim advocate position. Um, so once that is officially filled, the whole Westminster community will know, so the students know who they can turn to. Mm -hmm. um, the Title IX office, honestly, is a great resource for students. And then, of course, there's outside resources that are available, the Rape Recovery yeah. Center, you know. There's the counseling services is a huge one for students that we really advocate for as well. Mm -hmm. So that role you said, the victim advocate, mm -hmm. Could you elaborate a little bit on what the role of the victim advocate would look like? Absolutely. So if a student or faculty or staff member finds themselves in a situation, um, say that there's been a rape that's occurred, they could go to the victim advocate and they could talk to the victim advocate as a resource for them to express their concerns. That advocate is there to serve the student. So you know, the only information that that advocate will have to give is um, they'll have to report that something happened, but the details of what happened will stay confidential until that student or that individual is ready to express that. Mm -hmm. So they're basically there as a shoulder to lean on and support that student in their time of need. And it's extremely important on every campus to have one of those. Have you seen a change in reporting due to these new regulations? So since the beginning of the year, no. Um, there haven't been, there hasn't been a big change in reporting. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the nature of society right now, because we are in the middle of a pandemic. There has, people haven't been in proximity to one another like they normally would be. Yeah. Um, so I think that has affected it. Now that's not to say that nothing has happened. Yeah. It's just that nothing has been reported to the Title IX office. Things could have been reported other places potentially, but as far as instances that we have seen in the Title IX office, there hasn't been a change since the beginning of the year. What steps are you doing differently when reporting to the college on behalf of a student? Okay, so in a lot of it, honestly, here's the nice thing. Westminster was really kind of ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. So we have always looked at employees and RAs as being mandatory reporters. And that's something that they've worked into the new regulations. And we were already doing that here. So that's big. Um, the other thing is that students, faculty, staff need to realize that there are going to be some situations that come across and they might not want to handle it as a formal grievance process because they might feel more comfortable in an informal um, resolution. 
but we may have to, based on the nature of what the complaint is, we may have to take that complaint and turn it into a formal grievance process, even if it isn't the wish of the student. Now, that's not going to happen most of the time, but there are certainly the outlier situations that are, that rise to a certain level um, that we would have to take it through the live hearing process, even if a student or faculty or staff member does not want to do that. So that is something that would change. Um, are there any other major ways that um, this change in regulation has really been affecting your job? The biggest change, I think, is that we're going to have to train advisors and hearing officers on this live hearing process and the cross-examination aspect of it. Um, you know, for someone who has never been part of cross-examination or done it before, it's cross-examination and kind of court-style arguing is an art to learn. And so, you know, I, I've done a lot of that, so I'm going to be training a lot of the advisors and the hearing officers, and I'm looking forward to that because cross-examination is one of my favorite things, actually. Yeah, I mean, especially as uh, your background yeah. as a lawyer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I, I'm looking forward to that. So it hasn't made my job more difficult necessarily. It makes it more interesting in a way because it kind of adds a level. Um the other thing was there were certain parts of the regulations that came out that were just left broad. So mm -hmm. we could choose between two different standards of review for hearing officers making a determination in these hearings. So we could either do clear and convincing evidence standard or preponderance of the evidence standard. Now, Westminster was already using preponderance of the evidence standard. So we decided to stay with that because it's what the college knows. It makes sense. And all that really means is that in order for the party who's bringing the complaint to meet their burden of proof, they have to prove with more than 50% likelihood that what they're saying occurred, occurred. Mm -hmm. um, and so since the college was already used to that, it's like, okay, let's not reinvent the wheel here. You know, yeah. everyone already knows what this is, who needs to know what it is. And so we decided to go with that. So there was a few decisions like that that were left open that you know, we, we spend a lot of time going over that to make sure that we were making the right decision for the college as a whole. And then the other thing is just we had to revamp the entire policy. So the first couple weeks of my job here, actually, I started on a Monday. And that Friday, the new regulations, Friday, August 14th, is when the Department of Education said that the Title IX policy had to be put on the school website. So I started on Monday, and that policy had to be posted on Friday. So I spent the first kind of part of my job here at Westminster revamping that policy and getting it up to speed. So it's in the comment period now. I would encourage all members of the community to go to the Title IX page of the Westminster website and check it out. It's important, I think, for everybody to know what it is, how it works. And we're going to be doing trainings. I'm going to be doing trainings with different student groups and areas of the college just to make sure that everyone's on the same page and we all know what our rights are. So imagining an administration post Betsy DeVos, do you see um, the Title IX regulations going back to more um, Obama type era or do you see them staying the way that they are right now? So I think that I think that the regulations, if the administration changes, um, I believe the regulations will also change. Um, I know that Joe Biden has specifically said that he would want to change the regulations and have them be more part of what the Barack Obama era administration had going on, which makes sense since he was vice president and he 
was involved in a lot of that regulation that went through. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I do think that the regulations would change. I know that now there, there's a higher standard, I'd say, of proving that an instance actually occurred. Um, and, I, and I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think it's important that if, you know, violence occurs on campus, that people are held responsible for that. I also think it's important that it is shown that that violence did occur. But I also think we need to make sure that we are supporting survivors. We are supporting complaints. We are supporting everyone as part of this process because when people come to the Title IX office, as much as I'd love for everyone on this campus just to show up and say, hey, for no reason, if you're coming to the Title IX office, it, there's a chance that something has has gone wrong and that they're, you're, you're meeting me at a time in your life when you're under some level of distress. And so, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable coming to me and talking to me about that. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think that with a new administration that there will be a change in the regulations again. And I'm happy to make those changes again and just work with whatever the Department of Ed wants us to do to make sure that my first and foremost responsibility and priority is to make sure that this campus and the community members of this campus are taken care of no matter what administration is in office. Mm -hmm. so. Well, thank you so much for um, keeping Westminster safe place and thank you for joining me. It was really nice to have you. Of course, thank you so much.